it's because of life not being so easy that I really want to help those who've got it the toughest. People with disabilities, we can never know. And, and I know there are so many different groups out there fighting for their rights on the personal level. But honestly, I think we all have our own little battles in life. A disability can sometimes be even more extreme than what we can imagine. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. I just firstly wanted to welcome you to the decision table where literally we just have conversations but we do have one lens that we use every month and that's the only thing that we put everything through and that is for this month the lens of uh, humanity as stakeholders. So I'm going to be pretty interested to see where we go with our conversation today but welcome to the table. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. I love the fact that you were talking about something that we often, um, you know, like in investment, think uh, in properties, we think of it as so complex. How do do you think, like even with humanity as stakeholders, does that sound really complex to you? Um, It is unusual, isn't it? I mean, it's an expression I've not come across before, I've got to tell you. Um, stakeholders, humanity, make sense separately together. I mean, how? That's a good question. How do you perceive it? What does it mean for you, having set that 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 topic? Ah, but at first, what is it? What does it bring to you? And then I'll okay. explain what I think. Yeah, maybe it, it covers a couple of things. Um, obviously, we are leaders in the NDIS space when it comes mm. to providing NDIS investment options for for um, investors and, yeah. um, and and I really love working in that space because it's helping a, a really worthwhile group, helping people with disabilities who are eligible mm. through the NDIS Specialist Disability Accommodation Scheme to get purpose-built homes that look and feel like homes, which is what we do. So we're getting them out of nursing homes, out of hospitals, out of housing commission situations and other really unpleasant living situations into their own home. And hmm. what I find really funny is when certain people misunderstand how that really works. They seem to think we're taking advantage. It's like, no, 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 no. The government put this in place to help them better their lives. And and I love that because that's exactly what it's about. It's about giving them a home that's not only purpose-built, but we focus on the robust group where they've got mental handicaps. Hmm. And why I value that even more is because having an environment that's soothing, that's clean, that's fresh and new, it's actually quite soothing for them. It's creating a, a once they move in, they're, they're experiencing something they've not had before. And your surroundings are everything. I think even with just an able-bodied yeah. individual, how much does the environment impact our, our mind, our mindset, our moods? Mm-hmm. So when people have these mental behavioural issues, these homes really can play a part in in adding another comfort level, never mind Absolutely. the fact that privacy. So, so that's, that's one of the key things it means to me. But I think 
you know, humanity mm. as stakeholders, the way we approach property investment in general. I just even think about the regular individual. We're really passionate about working with our clients to help them achieve their goals, whatever it may be. And Love it's that. not about pushing our agenda. It's not about pushing the agenda of different developers. We've got relationships with mm. so many. It's really about finding the right thing that's going to fulfil their needs and, and getting them ahead and getting them ahead financially excites me. See, that's what humanity as stakeholders really believe, you know, is. Like you're giving really doable and livable, like it's it's creating opportunities for people to live at a different level and going, hey, every decision that's being made, we're using the lens of humanity as the lens. And, and it seems so complex in so many ways, but there's so many ways in which we can do it. And all I think of as humanity, as, as stakeholders, means that we're going to make decisions that are adding value to humanity going forward not taking away and I think that often when we're we're coming to the table like when when we're having this conversation around and and I love the fact that who you're working with because I I especially love it because I have a you know quite a few little special needs in our family and one of my sons in particular Ethan you know we have had to navigate very much uh, you know, special needs and and how does that build a lifestyle for him and what does that look like for him going forward? And I often think, and something that has come up a lot is that when I when I say humanity as stakeholders, I believe then humanity has a voice at the table. And often, particularly in the in the sector that you work in, They've not necessarily had a voice. That's actually really powerful. That's quite true. Um, and and it's great to see the carers who are looking out for them, you know, putting their interests first and, and I guess giving them that voice and finding something that is going to suit them as well. Uh, because even though we've got SDA there and there are different homes that are being built, the reality is that just like any other tenant application, they get to choose where they live. So mm. they're not forced into any one home. They look at the location, the, the style of home, the features of the estate perhaps, um, the area, and they have a say in where they live. So that's a, I never thought of it that way, but it's true. It's a pretty amazing thing, right? Because you take it back to yourself. Like, do you want a choice where you live? what happens every day of your life? I know, but there's exactly. so many sectors and, and one of them being the one that you work with that don't have that voice. No, and um, and it would be pretty hard for them to articulate it as well. Correct. Um, so I lost my train. I had something there, but it's just gone. <laughs> it's all good. Here's the interesting thing. How do they navigate? Because in the case of... Uh, you know, those that you work with, that is not always easy for them to communicate what their needs are, what they really want sometimes. So how do you sort of navigate between that? Okay, well, this is what I like about what we do. So where mm. we're different from other organisations is that um, we do focus on the largest proportion of eligible participants through the robust home. But at the same time, we, we actually offer the full end-to-end -end service 
And why that's important is because we're not just providing a full turnkey fixed price package that says here's an NDIS home for the investor. We actually have our sister company, the SDAMA, and they do the fulfillment. So right. we're connected. So the director of this company deliberately set up the SDAMA um, partially to protect the investor because there are a lot of people mm -hmm. taking advantage of these handouts from government. Um, but at the same time, it means there's a connect. So we have the team at the SDAMA who are liaising with carers all the time, who have identified, and, and we liaise with government as well. So we've got our um, we've got our ear to the ground. We're getting valuable information from the very people that this impacts. And as a result, we've included that in our design and um, We've created homes that suit this group even more effectively. We've got out value ads that's come as a result of talking with these people. So we're getting the feedback and we're getting to act on it in the actual product that we provide as well. So we've got the product and the service connected. One of the things that I seem to pick up from what you're saying here is that you talk really and connect with many other people. It's not just you as an isolated group that you're involved in, but it's beyond that. Uh, I love that because I think as a collective, uh, we need to be connecting more and working together more. But there's a lot of division that's happening across the globe in many different sectors. And so why does it work with you guys? Why have you guys gone, hey, we could do all this ourselves, but we're actually better if we connect with other people and can do more for, for those that are involved in what you do? Well, yeah, we do offer, like I said, the full gamut of services and, and we know what to look for because of our experience in different areas as well. So when you say why do we succeed in it? Well, it's because we've got members in the team who have financial knowledge, who've got mortgage broking experience. Of course, the property investment experience is there. So we've got the relationships with other property managers. We understand um, what's involved in that realm. Now, when it comes to the NDIS, that's <laughs> been a journey and a half, okay? So we're mm. every single one of us is learning yeah. and anyone who says they're all over it is kidding themselves. I mean, um, no sooner than we, we've been in this space for almost four years now and um, there was no NDIS building code when we started. Yeah. Now a new NDIS building code is being enforced from July 1 this year. So it's meant that we've had to change everything and not everything but make some changes to, to our designs and, and how it all is presented to the investor and so we've just got that dialogue continually happening in an area that's a bit yeah. unknown. So a lot of people want guarantees, they want information here and there, and mm -hmm. the is still a really new space. So the NDIS component is a bit new, but yeah. what we can call on is all our other experience, and therefore we connect with different parties. So when it comes to the finance, we've come across so many brick walls and barriers that we've, we've actually created relationships with lenders that are looking out for the interests of the investor. Why? So that then we can get these homes built and get these disabled tenants into them. Mm. We also have other setups with accountants to, to help, again, maximise the reward for the investor. So a lot of what we're doing is also helping them 
get the most value out of this because, you know, there's a lot on the line for them. They're having to invest a fair bit of money in one of these homes. They've got to have a lot of trust and and we want to look after them as well. The end product for the disabled participant is absolutely stunning. And we know that based on the feedback we've been receiving. Um, The SDAMA have been telling us that some people have been just reduced to tears. They just didn't expect to have anything so beautiful. In, in a home like this because, again, what we understood is they're looking for an environment that's going to be soothing and comforting. So our homes look and feel like homes. And isn't, actually- that, isn't that going back to humanity, actually Absolutely. treating someone who is just a human that needs to have their needs met just as much as anyone else needs their needs met, right? And I think we forget about that often when we're building out new things. I love the fact that it is a new, you know, relatively new thing. And because of that, there are blocks and challenges. It's actually a conversation I've had a lot lately because I think that if we look across leadership across the globe and, and think about it, there's a lot of change that is needed. And, in fact, one of the things that I'm writing about at the moment is a white paper on the need for a new approach to leadership. And part of this is that we use different lenses. And that means then we're going to actually do things differently. And that means that we have to now have some change at the table. That change, for some, they take it into their strides and go, this is great. For others, change is not something that is welcomed. And, and I often think, and something that we are finding as a challenge across what I'm seeing within leadership right now is that they're often, it's very difficult to get people across the line because it is new and you're evolving and it's not necessarily a proven thing, yet we all know that something has to change. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, look, yeah, yeah that's, that's very true. Um, it's actually a little disappointing when, um, in, in the way people approach this from an investment perspective. Um, and I would say that with just about anything. I, I believe if you're investing, you've got to recognise there is an element of risk. That's the whole point, yeah. you know, to the bigger the reward in life, the greater the risk. So why should this be any different? And um, it astounds me how many people have so much fear and they can't cross that line with a sense of trust. So the yeah. ones that move forward, they, they want to see it work and they'll mm. put their trust in you, but they also want to see it work. So they look for reasons why it will. And it's those people who mm, will do I well. I like that. Those who have the fear will not mm. proceed and they will not grow and they will not get anywhere, and they will also miss out on what this rewarding opportunity is, rewarding in that you're helping a much-deserved community get something extraordinary through us and through your Mm. income, through your um, privilege. Yeah. So so they're they're missing out. (laughs) That's a whole different topic, right? It is. It is. But, you know, um, I even said to another, to a client yesterday, you know, once you make that decision, as fearful as it is, put your trust. Once you make the decision, the universe will conspire to help you and make it work and make it a reality. I believe in that 100%. I've seen it. I've lived it again and again and again. And if anything, 
what our company does is we mitigate that risk. In any investment, I don't care what it is, there's always mm. going to be an element of risk, right? But in our case, we mitigate it. The fact that we actually set up the property management business specifically for NDIS, this is something we don't normally do. We usually work with our mm. network of credible, brilliant, reliable property managers. In this case, being NDIS, it was a little more specialist. We couldn't find anyone doing it to the level that we were looking for to that standard. So we set it up ourselves. And at the same time, that means we put our money where our mouth is because if we don't get the tenants, if we don't make the income, then neither will you. So it's in our interests. We're actually on this journey with them. And of course, mm, we I love want that. To succeed. We want to succeed with them. That's humanity. That's being right there with them from start <laughs> to finish and never letting go. We're always there for them. Oh, I love that. I mm. Here's an interesting thing that's something that's come out of these conversations using humanity as stakeholders as a lens. One of them is this that we have tended to use or communicate words that have other meanings that maybe we're trying to bring a change about but that as a norm we're used to using that as our particular word here's an example you just used risk in many cases risk sounds negative if there's yeah. a risk i don't want to do it there's going to be some danger there's going to be whatever it is right we have we have thinking around what risk is meant for us in the or has meant for us in the past how do we communicate something that they're actually risk from, and, and I love, I've realised I love risk because it creates the opportunity for the possibility of what could be, right? But that's a different thinking and we know that change has to disrupt some of these patterns. Any thoughts how we could do that better or what is a better word we could use or how do we look at risk differently? Um, yeah, I don't know if I should use a different word. Um, that's one that I wouldn't mind hearing people's thoughts on that. <laughs> in any well, we'll put that out there and I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, but honestly, Kerry, risk for me is exciting. You know, life is yeah. boring otherwise. <laughs> a little bit of risk is actually what makes life fun. You know, when people watch other people's lives unfold in film and TV, you know, they don't like to see happy all the way through and happy endings and, you know, they get excited by all the things. No, that you're, you're telling the stories. Drama. They oh. do like it. That's what social media tells us, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess um, it's just, in, in our case, we just have to treat it like it's not a bad word. And, and instead of using that word risk, we don't use it a lot in our dialogue. It's just about talking about this as a business decision and that's the case with any property investment too many people get caught up in the emotion of it and no emotion is necessary you're not living in this property you're not looking at it with that same lens this lens is about making money to make money you need to look at the numbers and how they stack up and that means you're looking at at um, different criteria to make an educated and informed decision so it's a business decision, not an emotional yeah. one. But here's the other thing. I was just thinking of a word. You know, we risk is one of those words that you said. And then there's the other one, yeah. mentally um, handicapped and things like that. Like there's many cases that I, and having had a son with, uh, you know, special needs, 
there have been many words along the journey of his life. He's going to be 21 in July that you used at one time and now you don't use at all or you right. use a different word. And I think that this is where, uh, you know, we've got to, we've got to start wondering, are we getting so stuck around words and forgetting the, about the person as a human first and all we care about is what is norm to society? And I wonder, uh, are you coming across that? Like does that word, you know, when you use those words, are they creating some of those blocks that you see or are they opening doors for you? So you're referring to the word risk in particular, if it's opening or or the mentally handicapped or like whatever it is, right? Any of those kind I, of words? I think when it comes to the group it's servicing, I think people know what it's about, embrace it. Um, a number of people, interestingly enough, have got a connection to it the way you do, Kiri. So they've got family members who've been affected by this. And so mm. some of the time that's why they want to do it. It's not always motivated by the high returns. Yeah, it's about um, giving back where they see firsthand what they're going mm -hmm. through. And some people work in the industry and are passionate about it. So I actually don't think that's a stumbling block um, I love that. And here's the reason I was so curious about it, because I think there is a gap between those that don't or have not been or created an awareness around things like this as an opportunity. And so the risk, if we go back to that word, becomes even bigger because there's biases around when you talk about mentally handicapped or whatever it is, you know. And, and I think so I bring it up because I get it. I, I am a mom that has had to deal with many different special needs within my environment. But I, and so because of that, I've created an awareness and I have an absolute heart for the, um, them to have a voice at the table like anyone else. And, but that's come from this fact that I've got this awareness. And then I always say there's a responsibility once you know something. And I think, though, that if we, there's many that would walk around with blinders on, with shutters on their eyes and not be aware of that this is even a need and that you're fulfilling a need here. And so that risk, if we go back to that, becomes greater for them. Well, I, it's interesting because most of the people I talk to, it's just that, yeah, they want 100% guarantees and there are no guarantees in life. Oh, I like but that. I also mm. find what's, well, there are two, right? We know we're going to die and we're yeah. always going to have taxes. You know, the proverbial ones are always oh, yeah, there. that one. <laughs> one. One thing that gets me more and not too much, I don't lose much sleep mm. over it, but you do have people who, who as you say, aren't in the know with mm. um, the way these people live at the moment, don't fully understand this, this initiative who then get on a rant and on a soapbox to say, oh, you know, it's taking advantage, it's doing this and it's working against and you know, why can't people just live in their own homes and buy one outright? And they come up with all these scenarios and it's like, well, before you voice an opinion, how about, as you say, Kiri, you get educated and learn about it, mm -hmm. understand how it works and what it's about and then you might actually have a different view. And then all of a sudden it's not even about the R word, it's just about what's achievable. Yeah. 
But is that because we're so uncomfortable with some of these conversations or it hasn't even become part of our awareness? Like it's not even on our radar. No, I think there's greater tolerance for people with disabilities, greater tolerance, understanding. Um, people look mm -hmm. at in admiration at, at people when they see them in wheelchairs or or getting out and about. Love we're that. seeing them more integrated in our community anyway. And and I think I think the way they're viewed has changed a lot. You know, when I was at school, and it was quite a while ago, and I'm talking Really? About I thought school. it was last week. Oh, anyway, I really <laughs> love, it's so funny, I know, but I love the fact, and I didn't think much of it, being a kid mm. at school, just accept it, which I think is great. Yeah. Anyway, we had a special needs class at yeah, our school. I remember that too. Right? And they integrated with everything. Like one guy was up mm. there competing in a talent quest and and he was applauded for his efforts and, and that created inroads for the rest of them where they got more confidence and and mm. acceptance and and so back even then there was integration happening and it's just happening more and more and and with these homes it's 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 exactly exactly the same they're integrating into a regular estate with able-bodied people so we're not seeing disabled ghettos developing what we're seeing is these people with disabilities are just going to be filtering through these different estates and therefore um, again, creating a nice environment where they're seeing a mix of people. And at the same time, able-bodied people are going to get insights into how they live mm. and, um, and, and what they're about, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I find it fascinating because every single, like I love the fact that this has got uh, room to no, I love I love the fact that you're saying, hey, we're seeing change in this way. And I think that this is always important because when we are when when we are having conversations, one of the things that I'm seeing is that often people think it's just so big, we can't bring change. And if we are bringing change, it's just like it's hard slogger. So for me to hear stories like you're talking about, where it's being integrated in everyday life, I sh I think how how exciting is this that we have the opportunity to to see things in play, and I go if we were to do that more in what we do, I think this is a great start by the way. But I also I, I'm just thinking of my friend who is an amazing speaker, and she's she's deaf and. Um, and so everything, and it's it's so amazing. Like I, I have to say, I was I was on a stage with her, and I didn't think about all these different things until I was with her. And so she was like, "How do I know it's an emergency? And I need to know that someone would let me know in the hotel." I mean, I never even thought of that before, right? Like we would oh, hear yeah. these sirens, we would see things, whatever it is. But she, if she's got her eyes closed, she's not going to see any of that or hear anything, right? So, or, you know, she's she's like we're, everything is online now and we're talking on virtual stages. I can't understand a word you're saying because it's not in, in um, you know, writing across the, the, the things or we're not getting words across there. And I go, 
until I was with her, I didn't understand that. And then my son has always spent his uh, whole world in, in a wheelchair. And uh, although he walks beautifully around the house and he doesn't use it as much uh, if he can do short spaces of time now as he's got older. But I always thought I knew what it was like to be in a wheelchair until I, I ended up in a wheelchair 12 years ago and spent a year and a half in a wheelchair told I'd never walk again. Now, I have lived with it. I've, I know exactly. I have literally done so many journeys with my son in, in and out of hospital in his younger years. I thought I knew what it was like for someone to live in a wheelchair. And it's really difficult sometimes for us to understand something that we don't comprehend necessarily. So how do you spread awareness so more people know what is working in what you're doing? Well, I, I guess it's in the in the um, matters that I've raised because we we do have fully accessible homes that we we um, provide, but not as much. Our, our core is the robust, so we're we're talking about behavioural issues and, and those mm. sorts of things. So um, no one really can know, no one, you know, you, you, and and that's the whole point of humanity, isn't it? You're not meant to know everything. You're just meant to have some empathy. Just try like to place yourself in those shoes. Um, I think it's like that with everything. People get so wrapped up in their own personal experience, they forget the world is bigger than you and, mm. and, it's, and you're only going to be connected by getting out there and connecting with people. You, oh, I have, I've lost that train again, but I just find there's this real lack of empathy because everyone's become mm. really isolated and, uh, and it's just like um, people in, in just let's just talk about something very different, people who, who work in one job over another and don't understand the, the degree of background work that happens to make something yeah. right yeah. and they just take it for granted. Um, there's just people just don't don't know how to go beyond their own experience these days. I think they're just so we're all taught to focus on our own dramas and, and mm -hmm. our own about me. And all I can say is what what we like to do is just on a broad level say that you know this is an opportunity where investing can be seen as self seeking is now actually providing a service and helping this worthy group of people. Mm. So, you now, yes, you're still getting something out of it. You're getting the heart space sure. being filled but you're also giving them something so amazing that they will never really be able to put it into words, particularly the disabled mm. person. They can only convey it through the carer and, and through the family members in some cases as well. Mm. But um, we do have stories that we regale to people when they want to know. Um, but others who, who come to us, they often, they sense what it's about and they understand it. Some are motivated by the income, but a lot, as I said, are motivated by that heart space and um, and, and they trust that it's doing good to a much yeah. needed community. I love that. Tell me more about um, what it's like for you to be more empathetic, you personally. Well, it's, a great leveler. 
it is. Like I'm like everyone else where sometimes I get caught up in my drama, but not for long anymore. Mm. That's the difference. And I think honestly, just being a parent has changed everything. You know, when you're a parent, it doesn't matter what sort of children you have, it's no longer just about you. And so mm. instantly you're having to think of others. And mm. and I've yeah, I've grown a lot since becoming a parent and and um, I feel things I've never felt before. I get far more emotional like every other mum and I know it's so sappy, but but I, I feel pain more, things that I used to be able to brush mm-hmm. off. I feel more and, and I feel people's hurt and pain and um, I don't have to do much to, to get into their shoes. I think... The longer you live, the more you see, the more you experience, especially if you go out of your comfort zone, especially if you put yourself out there um, without any hesitation. You just have a life that's so rich of experience that you can't help but relate to somebody on some level. I don't, personally, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's one client who I've had a serious conversation with. Some of them are quick phone conversations and that's where it ends. But the ones where I have a couple of conversations with, there's always an instant connection on some level. Um, And I can only attribute that to my wide and varied passions and interests. And and honestly, I love people. They drive me crazy at times. Yeah. But I love people. And and so I want to help everybody equally and will go out of my way to get them what they want so much so that it can stress me out a bit too much sometimes but um but I I hear and and I I really want to see that happen and so when it comes particularly to selling an NDIS my goal is to get as many of these built as possible I've Mm. as I've been in this space the more I'm doing it the more I want to get them out there because I love our product I love the way we service it I love what its agenda is. It's got the best agenda. And so, you know, as everyone's fighting for land, you know that's happening right now, right? Yeah. Land shortages yeah. all around, particularly southeast Queensland, which is where we're building these, you know, any land that we can get our hands on that is suitable, because it's got to be compliant. Mm. It's like, let's make sure we can get somebody to invest. They can get yeah. one benefit, but then that, that disabled person's got a home. Mm. So that's my goal. <laughs> and so where has that I want to see humans be treated equally, where's that come from for you? Oh, you're getting a bit personal here. I don't know. Always. We always. See, here's the thing. Mm. I think we often separate uh, professional to personal. And I don't think if we come to as humans to the table, that means we come as a whole. And I agree. we need to get to know each other in ways because then we can understand. Like sometimes I don't get where you're coming from because I don't understand where that's come from. No, we don't get to have those conversations, which is again why people And that's why these are on the table. I agree, but this is where we need to have trust and acceptance and tolerance because we don't Mm -hmm. know that person's we don't know why they're just losing their temper all of a sudden there's something that's motivated that but in my case I guess um I don't know why I I, as I said I've always 
I'm, I'm the type of I'm a people person. I love interacting with people. Always have, and this is why I'm really enjoying what I do. In terms of wanting to help people, um, it's because my journey has not been an easy one. Um, personally, I was on um, the outer at school. Not always, but that's the way it turned out. And I had a really rough time socially at school. It didn't mean I didn't have friends. But, um, yeah, I was a real victim of some serious bullying for, for a number of years. And so having been on Why the was receiving that? Was that because you were different or because you didn't fit into the normal? Like where did that come from? Yeah. Oh, just not fitting in, being smart, being a bit By of a Yeah. So, you know, if you're an achiever, if you um, – yeah, I was different. In uh, I behaved differently in a – you know, I went to a public school and I didn't act like in the same way and and I had to change that to be accepted. But even then the damage was kind of done. So was, or like you were smart, all yeah. those sort of things. Yeah. So they were, yeah, it was a bit anti all of that. But um, thankfully it didn't stop my pursuits, but but it was okay, rough going. So. Because, uh, the reason I go there is one of the, the lens... So there's three things that I think are really important and I'm I'm going to be writing white papers around because I think that these are just so pivotal to seeing change. So the need for a new approach, as I said earlier. The second one is what I call the secret advantage, which is the muscle of human intelligence. And I believe that's the data we have within us as a human to make decisions at the table, right? And then the third one is humanity as stakeholders. So, uh, but I, I, I say about the, the muscle of human intelligence I what was so intriguing about those conversations were you know I did it for a whole month with literally every day having a conversation with someone using that as a lens do you know what was so amazing was so many smart people said in their younger years I didn't fit in I didn't know, uh, like I was sort of on the out. So there were some that stepped into their smartness because they just knew that's just what I love, that's what I'm about, that's who I am, I'm determined to do whatever it takes to get there and found themselves on the outer or found themselves breaking relationships because others didn't understand them. And then there were people like myself who actually didn't embrace the fact that I didn't think I was smart I didn't think I had anything to offer I was the other side of it because I thought I was different because I was dumb rather than smart uh -huh. and and so it's been really interesting because a lot of that has been the back end of our stories and uh you know because of that it's interesting because many have an empathy have this this uh, resilience to go beyond the fear of what often is risk because you will do whatever it takes because you've had to do that in your past. And that's why I wanted to make sure we got that point because I think that is so powerful, not just as an insight but also in your own world because I think that that's why you do what you do and why uh, humanity having equal say at the table is really important to you. That's really interesting. You, you've got me there. <laughs> I, wasn't, I didn't see that coming, but it's fair comment, isn't it? That um, no, it wasn't a bed of roses. 
my life wasn't that bad. But mm. I had to, yeah, really push through for everything I wanted and I've worked hard for everything I've got. And meanwhile, people are on the sidelines being jealous. So my goal yep. is to, yeah, empower and, and show people that, yes, you can do this. Um, but if you're afraid to, well, you've got to step over that fear. I, I can only go so far with that, really. Um, I love that. I can, I can try and reassure and I can, you know, as they say, you can try and lead a horse to water. You can't make a drink. So, unless you give it a salt thing and then it will go drink <laughs> a, salt, <laughs> what is it, a salt thing um what do you call those things uh and then and then the horse will drink <laughs> okay so you know more about that than i do than we are no, I'm but, just um, i think i think that this is exactly what you're saying is is that you know you have got a resilience to continue the journey well and to keep being part of the the change that you know will give voice to humans or human humanity going forward. And that has come from not only an awareness within your own life, mm -hmm. but seeing it within other people as well. Definitely. And we've all had role models and people along the way if you with your if you've got your eyes open who can guide you and yeah that's how I think I have been blessed but at the same time it's only because I've gone out there seeking looking, wanting to learn and that's what it's about um you know knowledge is what breaks down fear um so that's what people should be embracing I think knowledge, another on, issue is on that fast knowledge breaks down fear mm -hmm. tell me more about that bit that's powerful well when you when you go all through time right um people feared what they didn't understand people feared different cultures because they they didn't understand no no humanity at the core of it we're all the same but because they looked different it was unfamiliar all of a sudden it was something to hate or um, uh, fight against, whatever the reaction would be. Um, with this space, it's all about educating. People have set ideas on what it might be, but then if they're those ideas, you can't, oh, can I say this? You can't really reason with idiots. I'm saying it, you can't reason with idiots. And I think that's how I have more peace in my life. Okay, you've only got to talk, you've got to talk to the people who, are open to listening and oh, I love that's that. hard to discern. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You eat an elephant a bite at, the, a, bite at a time. So I'm not mm -hmm. going to start with mm -hmm. the biggest part of it. I'll start with the little bit. I might nibble on the ear, okay? Yeah. Oh, that's a big ear they've got. I was thinking of little ears. Okay. I know. We Dude, can we use something different? Because like an elephant, I love elephants and I go, I'm so beast, I'm so visual and I'm like, oh, just the thought of even chewing on one. Oh. oh okay, okay. So so if you're gonna eat, well, I don't know. I, I can't think of anything else that well, you know, think of a big pot of something, right? Like what could we yeah, say? But you've got to think of something that's got this massive piece around it. Mm. So look, I'm sorry for the vegans out there, and I've been through vegan if you love it. But I'm gonna use a roast chook, okay? You're not okay, gonna good. go Perfect. right into you know, you don't go in this case, for this example, you don't go right into the middle of the big, chunky, awkward breast where you're overwhelmed with all that meat. You start with the little wing. 
Mm. And it's the same with this, you know, we can't talk to the people who aren't listening. Start with those who are listening because then from there word spreads, right? Word of mouth is so powerful. We educate a step at a time. We start with those who are open to it. And as more information from them, you've now got a, an advocate. And we build from there. Love that. The wonderful thing is we're not starting from ground zero here. We've got people who work with um, people with disabilities. There's NDIS now is just mm. something that's touched almost everyone, whether they've seen the vans. Have you noticed how many more vehicles out there have got NDIS on it? Yeah, it's so true. So mm. things have already shifted. There's growth, there's greater understanding where two years ago it was a bit unheard of. There's already um, knowledge and understanding to an extent, or at least they've seen the NDIS brand out there. Well, that's an opening. And then you've got people more so, we've got more disabled people than ever in this world. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at Australia, and we're talking about millions, and the population has grown over recent years. It's not declining, so it's touching us in multiple ways. So I think the understanding is impacting people in is just growing because it's impacting more people every day. We're all in contact with it in some way, shape or form. And so if, if people really want to have an understanding, it's there. We start with that and we just build from there. But the good news is I think most people, if not everyone's been exposed to it in some way. I think one of the best things ever, and I'm not a big fan of all these offshoots okay but I love the Paralympics <laughs> if there's anything that I think is amazing it's seeing a one-legged runner it's mm -hmm. it's seeing you know um, wheelchair basketballers and and seeing people with half an arm or no arm in in their endeavors in sport they they, they come across as heroes and they are because they don't have the privilege of a full formed body, whatever it is, and there they are doing something we only wish we could do. Amazing. They're extraordinary. Yeah. So even something as amazing as the Paralympics has really changed how we perceive them. I actually think, if anything, the disabled cause has just been getting better and better with time. I love I, that. I've seen it improve. Mm, love that. Okay, so if anyone wants to know how they can and learn more about what you do, what's the best place for them to do that? Well, how can they get hold of you? Well, there's multiple ways. We've got our website, um, which is the propertyinvestmentstore.com.au, mm -hmm. and that's about NDIS. Um, people can email me, maria at pistore.com.au, and I'm um, happy to take any queries and um, or just, you know, shed some more light on, on what yeah. it is that we do and how we help this community and, they want to be part of that fantastic we're happy to to help them with that i love that that's been so amazing so it's come to this time of the decision table that i it's the only question i ask the same of everyone and it's funny <laughs> because um you know i really like to create an awareness whatever that needs to be and that's why i don't preset where these questions are going or this conversation is going because uh who knows and and i've loved today's conversation by the way um i think it's gone in so many different little pieces and and mm -hmm. um you know part of part of creating awareness i think is and this willingness to bring change is for us 
to be evolving and part of that is having conversations that we don't always know where that conversation is going we don't always understand the fullness of even an answer on there and we're sort of evolving as it goes and and as this conversation continues so the question i ask on every decision table is this what are you taking from our conversation today well i have to say this has been a bit of a journey for me <laughs> Because, yep, as you said, Kiri, just for everyone's knowledge, we had nothing outlined, planned. I had no idea what I was in for. I just knew that you were amazing, vibrant. I, I knew that you had a, a connection with NDIS through your family. Mm. And, um, and I just thought, you know what? A, a friend recommended you to me. And, again, I just placed my trust in them. Um, so I love that. One thing that you showed me that that I had never really considered before is that it's because of life not being so easy that I really want to help those who've got it the toughest because I think people with disabilities at this level have got challenges we can never know and and I know there are so many different groups out there fighting for their rights and their rights on on, on the personal level but honestly, I think we all have our own little battles in life. And yeah. a, a disability can sometimes be even more extreme than what we can imagine. So, yeah. so just to have had that spotlight on why I want to help them is because, you know, life isn't easy, but we're blessed. So yeah. it was great to have an understanding of just where my passion for this really comes from. Thanks. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. Thank you. And thank you for your honesty and, and trusting, even though you don't know this platform and even though you don't know me except for our conversation today, uh, you've you've gone on this journey with me. And for that, I'm truly grateful. There was something that I got from this conversation that I'm taking with me, and that is uh, you said listen. You then said advocate. You then said growth. And then that brings the impact. And I love that. I'm such a pattern chick. And I think that when we've got patterns that we can disrupt some of the older patterns and put a good pattern in there, then, uh, you know, that helps to bring an amazing change that we are always needing to keep continuing being evolving and learning and, and being educated around. So I think listening to other others at the table is so important. I think advocate, you know, I started a foundation called Voice Advocacy Foundation. So advocating a voice is always important to me, but it was a reminder of the importance of advocating. And then the growth comes when, I, I think the growth comes when we advocate, but also it comes for those that have been advocated for, right? So that's a sort of like that mix between, and I love that. And then, and, and so growth is so important for all of us, continue to be the best who we're meant to be and, and to turn up as who we're meant to be. And then impact, every single, I always say, uh, because I get asked this a lot, uh, Kira Marie, when you get to, um, you know, building my company and things like that, I'll then make an impact. Or I'm, I'm making an impact here, but I'm not really building the economic side of it so much. And I go, no, 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 it's not one or the other. Let's do both at the same time. And by the way, every time you make a decision at the table, 
you're having an impact. It's just whether it's adding value to humanity or taking away from. And uh, I love the fact that in all that you're doing, you're bringing such value uh, to humanity and, and, you know, bringing such impact. And I know, like I've said, personally, uh, for others to be advocating for people with special needs and, uh, you know, being able to give them the opportunity to have some of the opportunities we take for granted uh, is just so beautiful to hear the story and, the, and just what you're, you know, being involved in and unfolding. So thank you for your work. I'm really, really grateful. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Kiri Marie. And I, I want to also just finish on a bit of gratitude because um, I'm, I'm really grateful for the company that gave me the opportunity and gave me the privilege of doing this. And, I, and that is the Property Investment Store. And that's not a shameless plug at all. It's just um, I, I love the fact that I can help so many people in different ways and empower them again in different ways. And that's yeah. been made possible because of this organisation. And thank you, Kiri Marie, for, for enabling me to discuss that with you and, and your viewers. Mm. I, I really appreciate it. Well, I love that. And thank you for adding your value to humanity as, as stakeholders. And this is what humanity as stakeholders is. I, it's, it's when we come back to the table. And instead of working as individuals or as an isolated thing or all of those things that we've spoken about, that we come and we go, hey, how do we make sure that every decision we make is putting humanity as stakeholders as the, the first lens in which we make a decision? So thank you for that. If there was, if you're leaving um, to leave everyone with something, what words would you say that maybe you haven't said already? I've probably said it, but it would be to to not be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. If you don't understand something, go to the experts who know and ask and they will answer your questions. Break down your fear and, and don't let anyone stop you from getting out there and, and, and achieving what it is that you really, really want. And don't let that person be you. Oh, powerful. I love that. I'm going to end the broadcast. So thank you. Thank you. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.